0: I really think Donna should make do a CD. I don't know about you guys, but I would buy it. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. If you could turn there. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Let's start reading in verse 13. We had a, a lady call to church on Saturday and... Um, Said she wanted to come to church, and we picked her up. And she's probably in her 50, late 50s, early 60s, and uh, has never been to a church service before, not even once. And uh, what a privilege it was to be able to pick her up. It's encouraging to To be able to do that, and she, we picked her up, and she goes, "Oh, can we just go over one block? I'd like to uh, invite two family, I, two family members want to come as well, so they came out as well. I, I, if you've been in the bus ministry for me, the hardest thing to do in the bus ministry is to delete a name from the bus list. I hate doing that. I hate doing that. I, I just, I, I just do not like to delete a name. Um, but it's sure is good when we add names. So just be in prayer that more names would be added to our bus list, and I uh, pray that you could get involved in that ministry. It's, it's a great ministry uh, to be involved in. Ecclesiastes chapter number seven and verse 13. I still hear pages turning. I know we don't often go there to Ecclesiastes, but Ecclesiastes seven, verse 13, it says this. Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, uh, consider, God also has sent the one over against the other to the end that men should find nothing after him. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness. And there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. Be not righteous over much, neither make thyself over wise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Be not over much wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this. Yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand, for he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than... T- Ten mighty men which are in the city. For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Also take no heed unto all the words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. For oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou likewise hast cursed others also." Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this time that we have, time that we got to sing about you, Lord. And thank you for this morning, how you uh, showed yourself in our service, how you, 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 you're, you're doing a work, Lord, in our, in our church. And we just ask, God, that you continue to work. We ask, God, that as we open up the word, that you'd speak to hearts. Use me, Lord. I yield myself to you. I pray that the Holy Spirit would guide. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I guess you could say there certainly is a competition for your mind this evening. Uh, that what we think about, uh, what captures our thoughts, uh, what what is on our minds, what grabs our attention. We know that the world and the devil has, has different tactics to get our attention and, and to get our eyes off of God. But the Lord wants our attention. The Lord wants our thoughts. The Lord wants our minds to dwell on him. So here today, I just want uh, you to think about the the title of this this lesson here. This message is consider. Consider. Uh, Consider literally means to discern, to think upon, to take heed, to regard. Consider. The Bible is saying here in verse 13, consider the work of God. Consider the work of God. Remember his works. And we start to think about all that God has done and... Think about the day that you got saved. Salvation is the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about the work of God. And and just to go back and, and to dwell upon, to consider, to 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 just regard the day that you got saved. Consider the work of God. If we could just keep our spot here and turn over a couple books over to Psalms chapter seventy seven. Psalms chapter seventy seven. Starting in verse 11, Psalm 77 in verse 11 says this, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Now, some of us have just recently got saved, and that was a work of God. Salvation is is as a one of the best work of God, I think there is that a, that a soul would be saved, and and perhaps that's an, a, something new that has happened in your life. But maybe for others, it's happened a long, long time ago. Here in this uh, passage of scripture, it says, "Remember the works of old. Remember uh, the works of the Lord. Uh, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old." And perhaps you can kind of say, "Yeah, it was it was a long time ago that I got saved. It, it happened a quite a while back." I just want you to remember and consider and think about that time that you were saved. Um, remember when Satan desired to have you. Remember that battle that took place between your soul as you were contemplating and you were thinking about Calvary, but the devil didn't want you to go there. And maybe for some of you, the you know the devil just kind of took that scroll out, and he rolled that scroll when you were thinking about coming to Christ, and he, maybe he th- put this in your mind, look at all these sins that you've done. Look, look at all these things that you're not worthy to f- receive forgiveness for. And the scroll would, would, would continue to roll, continue to roll, continue to roll, but then steps in Jesus, and he says, no, he's forgiven. Consider the works of old. When we start to think about what God's done, I mean, we know it, but when we start to think about what God has done, it'll change us. Uh, And and as a result, the Bible says in verse 12 of of Psalm 77, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. So a natural response, an, an organically generated response into remembering what God has done will make us a better soul winner. Look what it says here in the latter part of verse 12. And talk of thy doings. Get around people that like to fish. They're gonna talk about fishing. Get around people that like a certain subject of this or that and they're gonna talk about it. Get around somebody that loves Jesus and you're gonna hear about it. When we start to remember and we start to consider and we start to think about all that God has done, a natural outpouring of what will take place is, I gotta tell somebody. I gotta tell somebody what God's done. I've got to talk of thy doings. Remembering the day that you got saved. I love that song that the ensemble sings. Um, we will remember. My favorite part to the song is when it comes to the climax. It comes to that part where it says, I still remember the day you saved me. I still remember uh, I, 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 the day that I heard you call out my name. You said you loved me, you'd never leave me, and I've never been the same. We will remember, we will remember, we will remember the works of thine hand. We will stop and give you praise, for great is thy faithfulness. Psalms 20, verse seven says this, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Now we see in this passage of scripture, if we go back to Ecclesiastes chapter seven, A rhetorical question is is asked here. Verse 13 says, Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? Now, God is pretty good at cleaning a life up. In fact, nobody can clean a life up like Jesus. And, And he can literally make you straight. Now, you can apply that however you want in this confused generation. But God can make you straight. Uh, sometimes, you know, this generation and, and, and generations past, they, 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 they kind of get confused about the, the, the basics of life, if you know what I'm saying. But God can make you straight. Even Christians, we can kind of maybe get off the path, uh, veer away from God, perhaps take a step back. But if we're willing to come to Him, He says, He can make you straight, which you have made crooked. Uh, you know, is, is you, may, you may look at a limb that's been uh, broken and, and healed up that way, and you might think that there's no hope for, for that, perhaps that finger to be healed up, or perhaps that, that hand to be healed up that's all mangled up and twisted. But when we get into God's presence, the Lord can do a supernatural work to be able to bring us closer and draw us closer to himself. And so we're asking, a question is is asked here. um, Who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? We already know the answer to it, right? The Lord can, God can. And so sometimes to encourage yourself, sometimes you just gotta preach to yourself. Uh, Start asking yourself questions. Who can do this? Start asking yourself questions that you already know the answer to and that answer is God can. Uh, Who can uh, part the Red Sea? God can. Who can allow that person or that, the Israelites to walk on dry ground? God can. Um, who, who can allow uh, there to be a way than, when there seems to be no way? The Lord can. Jesus can. Personally, uh, who can revive a heart? God can. I, I like um, in, on Facebook, on our, on, our, on our webpage there, it's showing you every day and just reminding you of revival. Revival's coming. coming. Uh, and we're having a revival conference coming up and, and encouraging you to pray, encouraging you to get in the Bible and read those those references that are, that are given. And, and you may think that oh, is so far away from, from yourself or from our church or, or from our generation or from this time. But who can do it? God can. Who can save a soul? The Lord can. Uh, who can make your path straight when you have gone astray? God can. So don't be tricked into thinking that God can't do it when God can do it. Now, how could you, uh, when we get away from that thought, we seem to find ourselves getting into trouble. The disciples failed to consider. The disciples failed to think about what God could do, and they found themselves getting into trouble. Again, keep your spot here, and go over to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 6. Mark 6, in verse 45. Mark 6, verse 45 says, and straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the multitude. At this point, the feeding of the 5,000 just took place. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when he was come, and when even was come, the ship was now in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling, uh, uh, saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the seashore, upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out for they all saw him and were troubled and immediately he talked with them and said unto them be of good cheer it is I be not afraid and he went up unto them into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wonder for they cons- there's that word for they considered not the miracles of the loaves for their heart was hardened so that's what we're thinking about consider consider the work of god and As they were in that storm, it should have been no surprise as Jesus got on the boat that there was a great calm. They should have been saying, Lord, get on our boat and everything's going to be okay. But rather than that, when he got on the boat, they were like, whoa, that's strange. Why? Because the Bible says right there, they consider not the loaves. I mean, they consider not the miracle that just had taken place, a miraculous miracle of five loaves and two fish and 5,000 people being fed by this. Why? Because their heart was hardened. Their heart was hardened. And so all I'm saying is we can get busy in life. We can get, life can get busy. And if we don't take the time to think, let our mind exercise on what all the things that God has done. If we don't take the time just to step back a bit, and actively remember all that God has done, we'll find ourselves getting into trouble. Uh, this could even change the view on who Jesus is in, in, our, in our philosophies if we don't take time to meditate on all the things that God has done. And when we think about the, the, work of, uh, the, the work of God, how could we not talk about Calvary? How could we not think about the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord? How can we not think that Jesus would die for me and for you? How we would how he would brutally be be tortured upon a tree upon a cross, and he would be laid in vain in a tomb, but on the third day he would rise again uh, in what we would call the resurrection. How could we not consider the rapture taking place and and uh, be encouraged by the thought of Jesus one day will come for his own, he one day will will sound that trumpet, and how could we not be encouraged by the wonder of heaven quickly turn over to to uh, to John, 1 John chapter 3. First John chapter 3. Again, just remembering and thinking, what does it do? How does it encourage us? How does it motivate us? First John chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Isn't that encouraging? That one day, we will be changed. One day, though, those aches and pains, that the, the sin, very sin nature will be eliminated. We're not going to be like we are right now. We're going to be changed uh, uh it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful time. What does that do when we think about it? Verse three, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. The thought that God is gonna change us, the thought that we've got a brighter future acts as a purifying agent in our life. Think about that. Um, again, I'll read verse three. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. I mean, I don't know about you, but the way the world's going The what we're seeing in the world today makes me think, man, how long is it going to be before that trumpet? It's almost as if the Lord's, he's taking out the trumpet and he's shining it up and one day he's going to blow it. could happen in my lifetime. It may not, but it may. But just the very thought of it, it kind of makes me want to live a little better. It kind of makes me want to be ready for when he comes. It's a purifying agent to think that this could happen in our lifetime. And if it does, I want to be ready I don't want to be fearful when I hear that. I don't want to, want to be one of those people that, oh, I have, man, I, I'm not living right. I want to be the one that says, "I'm even so, come, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Consider contentment. We'll continue on reading, go over to our, our text here in Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 14. In the day of prosperity, be joyful, but in the day of adversity, consider. God also has set the one over against the other, that to the and that he should find nothing after him. Consider just being satisfied. We, we see two things. We see the good and the bad here. We see the good days and we see the bad days. Verse 14, the first part of it says, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. In other words, when things are going good, just be glad with what you got. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you've sat at a table, you know, in a, in a fellowship or something, and you know the, the fellowship's good. You're every everybody's good, and you're having a good time. But then you just look over to the table over there, and it's like, well, they're having they're having fun over there. It looks like they're. Having, I wonder what are they talking about. It looks like they're having fun. They're laughing, and so you got one eye on this this you know your your company here. You got one eye over here, and you're not really content. You know what I'm saying? You're not really content. Am I the only one that's ever? Okay, you're all looking at me a little weird. Just try to be a little transparent with you here, but. But in the, the Bible is saying here, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. In the day we're living right now, God's been good. Just be glad with what you got. But then it says, uh, what do you do during the bad days? But in the day of adversity, consider. So think about that. Consider it. God also has set the one over against the other, that to the end, that, no, that man should not find let me try that again. To the end, that man should find nothing after him. Why does God give good days? And then why does God give bad days? Why does God give good seasons and then bad seasons? To the end, that man should find nothing after him. That God is all and all. See, the good and the bad should draw us to a conclusion. This is the conclusion. God is sufficient. God is enough. Uh, uh, he's the end All. To everything that we, we can think or have. The Bible even says when we're content, talks a lot about contentment, and it's very powerful. The Bible says in 1 Timothy six six, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Great gain. Peter came to this conclusion that God is enough. John 6.6.6 6, 6 says, from that time Many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. There was a time in Christ's ministry where he had more than 12 disciples, he had hundreds. And Jesus began preaching some hard doctrine and this turned some people away and they walked away from Jesus. And he looks to the 12 and he's basically what he says is, then says Jesus unto the 12, will you go away also? Then Simon Peter answered, said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. What is is he saying? He's saying, Lord, you're enough. You're enough. You're enough. God is enough. Paul says this. My grace is sufficient. It's enough. Uh, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Others realize they couldn't do it. They couldn't complete God's task only with the Lord they could. I think about Moses. As Moses said, if you, hey, if you, don't, if you don't go with us, we're not going. We don't want, if, hey, if you don't carry us up hence, we don't want to go. Uh, blind Bartimaeus. When the crowd said, be quiet, uh, Bartimaeus, he began to cry out more to get Jesus' attention because he was, Jesus was his only hope. The leper said, if thou canst, thou can make me clean. The woman with that issue of blood realize just a touch from the Savior and I'll be whole continue reading verse 16 it says this be not righteous overmuch neither make thyself over wise why shouldest thou destroy thyself you're not overly righteous don't 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 be self and I guess you could say self-righteous the Bible says in um, Romans 12 and verse three, for I say through the grace given to me to every man uh, that, that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And then it talks about um, here in the scriptures, make, make not thyself overwise, I've seen people come from overseas, come to Canada, a land of opportunity. I've seen pastors come over to Canada from overseas and the dollar devours them. Seem like good, good, good preachers. Seem like people on fire for the Lord, but then they, they get an education and then they get a job. And before you know it, they're working on Sundays. I've seen people change the heartbeat of the gospel. Because why? Because they became overwise. Has a wide application. They began to study some things out. Maybe things about the government, whatever it may be. And they were concerned at one point about the heartbeat of God, the gospel, getting the gospel out. But something seems to take the place of the why they they become overwise. They've learned too much. And the Bible even says, uh, be not over wise. Why shouldst thou destroy thyself? Everybody's out to get me. We gotta keep the main thing the main thing in this day that we're living. Now, I, I'm not saying we'd be ignorant to the things around us when those things around us cause us to look to God that our uh, redemption draw nigh. But at the same time, we not be over wise in things that don't apply to the word of God. Be not over much wicked. Verse 17, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldst thou die before thy time? Wickedness, foolishness, what, what does it do? It shaves time off of our life. Uh, why, why should you die before your time, the Bible says? It shortens your life. Proverbs 10, verse 27 says this The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Lastly, consider the conclusion. Look at verse 18. It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this, yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand, for he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. The conclusion is this, pursue God. In the day that we're living today, pursue God. He's worth the pursuing of. Take hold of. Uh, Withdraw not thine hand. Have your hands open. I remember uh, I was about 14 years old and I joined a, a basketball team and I, I I wasn't really, nobody was passing to me. And um, I, I know I'd be open, but but nobody would pass the ball. And I began to think, they're not passing me the ball because my, my hands aren't open. Now, I was a little shy back then and and I felt like if if I'm asking, you know, for them to pass the ball to me and they don't pass the ball to me, I'll get embarrassed. So I'm just going to kind of you know, just move around, make, make myself look like I'm busy. But I started to realize I'm not getting the ball because my, I'm not withdrawing my hands. I'm not ready for the pass. And here in this passage of scripture, and once, once I withdrew my I opened my hands, I started getting the ball more. I started making more goals. I started getting more assists. But it's saying here in verse 18, it is a good thing that thou shouldest take hold of this, yea, also uh, for, uh, also from this withdraw not thine hand. In other words, be ready for the pass. God wants to use our life. He wants to work. He, he wants to do a work today in our church. And who is ready for the past that God is going to send them? Are you, are you ready? Or is it, should I have had a V8? God wants to do something. Pursue God. Take hold of this. Verse 19. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. I mean, it's potent. I mean, it's powerful. Wisdom is powerful. Uh, more than 10 mighty men. Many, mighty men is, are the leaders. Are, are, the, are the leaders of, this, of the city. More than that, wisdom from God strengtheneth you more than 10 mighty men. It's a potent thing. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 18 says, Wisdom is better than weapons of war. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. Verse 20 For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Realize that. Uh, um, Realize your need for God. Realize, I mean, just be humble with God. Realize who you are. There is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. We're all in the same boat here. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And realize you're, you're really no better than anybody else. The Bible says in verse 21, Also take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. When people are talking about you, people are gonna talk. And you know what? That's part of life. They're gonna talk about you, but don't take heed to it. Don't let it impact you. Don't let it uh, get down to your heart. Don't don't let that happen. Why? The Bible says in verse 22, for oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise has cursed others also. In other words, (laughs) we've all said things that we shouldn't say. We've all done things that we shouldn't do. But here today, I want you to be reminded with the thought of consider the work of God. Wouldn't it be wonderful for us to see revival? Wouldn't it be wonderful for God to do a work in the middle of this congregation that we look back and say, wow. I've said this once before. There's a plaque out front, and it gives you the date of the academy over here as you enter in. It gives you some different dates of the church building. There's an empty plaque there. There's an empty plaque waiting for something to go there, I wonder what it will be. Psalms 8 and verse 3 says this, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? The battle is what we consider, what we think on, what we regard. Oh, we miss out on the blessings because we fail to do it because other things have our mind and our time. Consider God's work, Consider being content, being okay with what God has. And consider the conclusion. Pursue God. Pursue a relationship with him. His benefits are potent. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. God, I just pray that as a church, we would take time to think about you. As a church, we would take time to consider all that you've done. As a church, uh, each and every individual, maybe for the next season of this life that they have, would say, I'm gonna just take some time every day. I'm gonna mark it in my calendar. I'm going to set a reminder. I'm gonna do something that will actively help me remember what God has done. I may have to eliminate some things to do that, but Heavenly Father, help us. Help us to be Christians that dwell upon you. Help us to be Christians that are filled with you, that our minds are consumed with the work of God. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand to your feet as we pray and open this up for a time of prayer, if you wanna come to the altar. Maybe you say, I I need to just think about God more. I need to put him where he belongs in my life. I I need to actively consider, pursue him and and his work and all that he's done. Lord, help me to do that. Maybe you say, Cody, that... Pray for me, I, I want to be a person that considers God more, thinks about God more. Here's my hand, pray for me. I want to think about God more. I want to actively pursue him. I want to be a person that that dwells on God. Pray for me, there's my hand. Amen. Maybe you're not saved. I know this wasn't necessarily a salvation message, but maybe you're not saved. But maybe through the somehow through the word today, you, you're, you're considering Calvary, considering the cross, You want to be saved. Is anybody like that here this, this evening? You want to be saved. I need to be saved. I need to be forgiven. Is anyone like that? Here's my hand. Pray for me. I need to be saved.